it's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, December 3rd, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and this is the KVMR Evening News. Up ahead on the California Report, Omicron is here just in time for the holiday season. The coronavirus variant has been detected in Los Angeles. We'll then hear the second part of yesterday's investigation into failures to protect farm workers exposed to wildfire smoke. Then we'll take a brief look at local entertainment news and weather before Felton Pruitt closes out our newscast, speaking with 15-time Grammy-winning banjo player Bela Fleck. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in San Francisco. Another confirmed case of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus has been detected, this time in Los Angeles County. According to public health officials, the infected person is an L.A. resident who had traveled to South Africa, returning to Southern California late last month. The individual is fully vaccinated and their condition is said to be improving. A small number of close contacts have been identified and so far, all have tested negative for COVID-19. Meanwhile, as KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, with the new variant now discovered in California, testing will be stepped up at LAX. In order to find people who may be infected, rapid tests, which give a positive or negative result within minutes, will be offered for free starting December 3rd to any incoming international travelers at LAX. Barbara Ferrer is director of the county health department. The testing at the airport for international travelers, it is voluntary. We will have our health workers uh, out there as well, talking to people, making sure they understand the importance of testing. And again, we're using a rapid antigen test there. If a traveler tests positive, they'll need to quarantine and be given a more detailed test to determine which strain of the virus they have. The goal is to catch Omicron cases before they leave the airport. Scientists are racing to determine if the new variant poses more of a threat than existing strains of the virus. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. And now for part two of an investigation we brought you yesterday. KQED's Farida Javala Romero has been investigating the state's failure to enforce regulations meant to protect farm workers and others exposed to wildfire smoke. She found that earlier this year, lawmakers tried to boost enforcement but Governor Gavin Newsom's administration stepped in and blocked their efforts. At a food bank in the town of Viola in Fresno County, volunteers help Alejandra Beltran load groceries into cardboard boxes and carry them to her pickup truck. What does it need? Beltran is a farm worker. This fall, she worked in the fields harvesting grapes for raisins, she says, including shifts and thick wildfire smoke. Personally, me, it affects me on my, you know, my chest, and I get very, like, a horsey voice, and then produces a lot of cough. Tiny particles and wildfire smoke can trigger asthma attacks, strokes, and other serious health problems. Since 2019, California employers have been required to protect workers when smoke levels become unhealthy by offering them N95 masks, for example, or moving them indoors. But farm workers like Beltran told us they never heard about those regulations. She says she never got an N95, nor the training employers are supposed to give workers about the health hazards of smoke. As far as my knowledge, we weren't told anything. 
An estimated 4 million Californians work outdoors. But data obtained by KQED and the California Newsroom show that over the more than two years the smoke regulations have been in place, the state dispatched inspectors to only 26 employers. That led to just 11 citations for violations of the wildfire smoke standard. 11 violations, you know, obviously is a very low number. California Assemblyman Robert Rivas chairs the Assembly's Agriculture Committee. He introduced a bill that would have required the government to send strike teams of inspectors to the fields whenever smoke levels become dangerous. Having a mechanism of enforcement is incredibly important. But the provision was deleted last summer after opposition from Governor Gavin Newsom's administration. That's according to internal documents we viewed and interviews with people close to the negotiations. You know, my effort here was not trying to penalize growers in any way and, you know, uh, or the agricultural industry, but it was to, you know, achieve a level of accountability. Governor Newsom's press office did not respond to multiple requests for comment. And neither did his Labor and Workforce Development Agency, which documents show wanted the strike teams removed. Dan Lucido did talk to us. As acting chief of Kalosha, she's in charge of enforcing the smoke rules. She also didn't want to comment on the changes to the bill. To the extent that any amendments were made, it would have been the author's decision to amend the bill, not ours. Lucido says her agency is a leader in providing worker protections, including against wildfire smoke. She says Kalosha is not opposed to sending strike teams out on smoky days. She acknowledged they've been short on outreach and blamed the pandemic. But now she says the agency is trying to get the word out about the smoke regulations, like through this video in English and Spanish posted on their website. In California, el humo de los incendios puede afectar a los lugares de trabajo que se But many farm workers say they still don't know about the protections. So the rule's not working, says Nayamin Martinez. She directs the Central California Environmental Justice Network. I, I always find it very ironic when the agencies brag about, oh, we have the most stringent rules in the entire nation. Well, you can have rules, but if you don't enforce them, then there's nothing good out of them. Martinez's organization surveyed more than 300 farm workers in San Joaquin Valley earlier this year. Nearly 60% reported that their employers did not provide N95 masks or that they did not know what N95s were. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Support for the California Report comes from Real California Milk, reminding listeners to take three simple steps to recycle gallon milk jugs. Pour it, cap it, bin it. Learn more at RecycleTheJug.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org slash health dash equity. And that's the California Report for Friday, December 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. 
Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Alex Hall in San Francisco. Thanks for listening. In today's local news, earlier this week, KVMR News previously covered the death of an unidentified man found near the Spenceville Wildlife Area. The deceased has now been identified as 60-year-old Robert Mendoza of Lincoln, California. The death is being investigated as a homicide. The results of the autopsy remain pending, and the investigation is active and ongoing. If you were in downtown Nevada City earlier today, you may have noticed smoke spreading through streets and obscuring visibility. Ubinet reported a burn pile consisting of mainly wet leaves in the vicinity of Pioneer Park. Although today is a permissible burn day in western Nevada County, burn piles are prohibited within the city limits of Grass Valley and Nevada City, and burn permits from the fire district are required in the town of Truckee. The Northern Sierra Air Quality Management District encourages people to find alternatives to open burning for vegetation disposal. Although open burning is cost-effective and time-efficient, chipping, composting, hauling, and curbside green waste pickup help protect air quality standards. Whichever way you decide to dispose of your green waste, the Air District underscores never-burning garbage, plywood, or anything that is not natural vegetation. Nevada County's Office of Emergency Services explains, as cooler temperatures set in, now is the best time to work on defensible space around your home. They also remind us vegetation that has not had time to dry out, such as leaves and pine needles, will generate larger amounts of smoke. To avoid creating plumes of smoke, burn material that has been down for three to six weeks and has had a chance to dry out. Another note, burning exclusively pine needles, or too many at once, can lead to a smoke nuisance, which may result in unhappy neighbors and a steep fine. Some simple and important steps if you're planning a burn pile. Check to see if it is a burn day. Maintain a 10-foot diameter, down to bare soil, free of flammables. Burn dry, dead material only, such as leaves, pine needles, and tree trimmings. Keep a water source and shovel on hand. Tend to your pile always. Be sure to check weather conditions and never burn on windy days. Burn between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. for maximum smoke dispersion. Ensure an adult is in attendance of the fire at all times and fully extinguish coals with water. Now on to local entertainment news. Turning towards some festive burning we can all get behind, roasting chestnuts. Cornish Christmas is underway in Grass Valley as I speak. Stroll Mill Street with mulled wine in hand and catch a glimpse of the new holiday murals alongside the classic Cornish Christmas favorites. Grass Valley's Downtown Association promises the town will be filled with the sights and sounds of an old-fashioned Christmas. Carolers, musicians, and a fire pit to warm your hands. Favorite holiday celebrities, including Santa and Mrs. Claus, the Snow Queen, and the Tree Lady will make an appearance. In more menacing entertainment news, prepare your children. Krampus is coming. This Saturday, Loot and Lore in downtown Grass Valley has their Krampus Craft Fair from 12 to 7. Holiday photos with Santa are so last year. Come get your photos taken with Krampus, the half-goat, half-demon monster of Central European legend that punishes misbehaving children at Christmas time. 
Krampus is thought to have been part of pagan rituals for the winter solstice, and according to legend, he is the son of Hel, the Norse god of the underworld. He seems like he may have mellowed down in his old age, as he'll kindly pose for photos between 1 and 3 and 4 and 5 p.m. To continue with a weekend full of holiday delights, the North Columbia Schoolhouse Cultural Center hosts their holiday craft fair this Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 4. There might be massive supply chain difficulties affecting the nation, but in terms of gifts for the holiday season, we're lucky enough to have local artists and craftsmakers in our backyard. Come see vendors peddle their festive wares. This Sunday welcomes the season's first Victorian Christmas in downtown Nevada City. Peruse the lamp-lit streets filled with Christmas treasures. This annual tradition takes place Wednesday evenings from 5 to 9 and Sunday afternoons from 1.30 to 6. And now for your regional weather. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, clear with a low around 43. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 62 and calm winds. And Sunday will be sunny with a high near 64. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 28. Tomorrow will be sunny with a high near 57. And Sunday will be sunny as well with a high near 55. For our friends to the south in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, patchy dense fog after 9 p.m. with increasing clouds and a low around 46. Tomorrow, that patchy dense fog continues before 1 p.m., otherwise cloudy through mid-morning, then gradually clearing with a high near 59. Sunday, patchy fog before 11 a.m., gradually becoming sunny with a high near 62. Up ahead, Felton Pruitt speaks to 15-time Grammy-winning banjo player Bela Fleck. Take that, Billie Eilish. Just kidding, no disrespect to Billie. We're talking with Bela Fleck. He's out promoting his new album, My Bluegrass Heart, and he's going to be coming to our area for four local shows, which we'll tell you about with a bunch of good old buddies. Bela, it's great to talk with you again. Always great to talk to you, too. How are you doing? We're doing fine out here. You know, it, it's actually gorgeous out in California in our area right now, 70 d- degrees today. Well, it's beautiful here in St. Louis today. Is that where you are? It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the 60s and sunny and, uh, and, and very pleasant. And it's been cold. So, you know, you know everybody gets their, their bus gear on and figures out what they need and puts the suitcase under the bus, and then everything changes, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're wearing parkas and it's hot out, so... That's the life. Yeah. The, the life in this time of year as a touring musician is every day is a challenge. I'm not sure exactly which, which group you have now, but when you come out here to California, you're going to have a bunch of old buddies. You're going to be with Sam Bush, Jerry Douglas, Stuart Duncan, Edgar Meyer, and Brian Sutton. What a band. It's unbelievable wealth of musicianship uh, in this group. And this is the band. We're already on tour. We're in the bus working our way out west, and you know, a show at a time travel between five or ten hours over the overnight and you're in the next town and eventually we'll be there with you guys but yeah it's um this tour it's really it's a meeting of old pals i a little bit cringe when you say it's my band because it's not my band it's it's all of us together and um my music is the excuse to get together you know that that's that's what brought us together this time and it's been 20 years since we've or more longer since we've toured as a group with this lineup and edgar wasn't in it back then when we did it in 19 19- 99 and 2000, 2001, when with the Bluegrass Sessions tour, um, and now he's with us because we've been doing Telluride every year. Our one gig with this lineup, we meet at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival and play, 
and that's all we've ever done for the last 20 something years. And so I just said, Hey guys, anybody feel like they'd want to do this after they played on the record to my shock? Uh, everybody said yes. So this is the second band. The first band was also an incredible band, but it felt more like it was my band because people were younger than me mostly. I think that's the, the line, you know, with Sierra Hall and Michael Cleveland, just phenomenal players, but, you know, a younger generation. So felt more comfortable saying, you know, we're doing all my material and that's what this tour is about and hiring them. But in this, in this case, it, it feels much more, it's a more of an all-in thing and happy people are kind enough to play my music, well, as well as a lot of other stuff too. A lot of folks listening to this interview right now on KVMR will remember seeing you guys up at Strawberry with a band oh, yeah. that was called Telluride, but then you had to change the name to Strength in Numbers. Um, Strength in Numbers is, uh, you know, four of the five members of Strength in Numbers are in this band, and uh, just Mark O'Connor is not, and, um, and Bluegrass Sessions was, you know, also four of these guys. Well, it's amazing the folks that you got to do. Your new album, My Bluegrass Heart, is out on Renew Records. We should let people know that. Tell me about Renew Records. I wasn't really familiar with them. Well, I wasn't either. They're connected to BMG, their BMG label, which is, has a lot of international aspects to it. And the guy who runs it is the guy I knew. He used to run Bug Music, and Bug Music was a publishing sure. company that took care of a lot of us musicians that were not big time. You got a much more preferable rate for your music, where the publishing used to be another way to rip off musicians. It was like the alternative. And he ran that for many, many years. So we had a basis of knowing each other. And then he ended up, when he left Bug, he started, he started this new label over at BMG and, um, and was interested in this record, really liked it, wanted it on their label. So, so they've been good. They've done well. I've been following your career since we first met back in the early 80s, and, and you've always been musically pushing the boundaries of infinity. And I mean, that's a, I know that's a mouthful to say, but I, you know, my dad taught me when I was young about infinity, and it's like you go up in space and then there's the final wall, but what's on the other side of the final wall? And I kind of mm. see you pushing that musically your whole career. Well, I like to push myself. And I mean, with the musicians that are on the earth, I don't know that I could say that about myself. There's just been so many marvelous musicians. But I try to do my part and not, and not getting stuck in one place and finding things that excite me, that are at the edge of my understanding, and trying to find collaborators who want to do the same um, and just try to progress, you know, in, in life, you try to progress. You want to know more. You want to be wiser. You want to have more information. And as a musician, it makes you a healthy musician if you, if you try to do that. And it is, there are times where you just go, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm not pushing. I pushed hard enough. We're doing this band for the next year. It's a great band. We've already pushed to make the music like this. We don't need to push. Let's just be ourselves. And then there's other times when it's like, nah, it's time to push, you know, it's time to, time to crack out of this. It's getting too easy. It's getting, I'm getting stuck. I'm not, can't think of anything new to play because I'm not, nothing's, nothing's inspiring. And I just try not to get in that position of just being, of music not being fun, yeah. or not being exciting and not having something to work at and just better. We're talking with Bela Fleck, who is out on tour supporting his new album, My Bluegrass Heart. He brought some friends along with him to pick, and they're coming to our area at four different shows in Northern California, featuring Bela Fleck, Sam Bush, Jerry Douglas, Edgar Meyer, Stuart Duncan, and Brian Sutton. Let's get back to our conversation with Bela Fleck. What was it? Back in 1989, 1990, you were in a band called the New Grass Revival, and then Something else had to happen. I mean, everybody was kind of going other ways. 
What was your big impetus to go in the Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones direction? What got you going from the New Grass Revival into this, this whole other world? Um, I wanted to fight the good fight and go out and do some crazy new music. I was writing a lot of music, and in the New Grass Revival, there wasn't a lot of room for it. Maybe I could have a new song every year. But I was writing stuff all every day. Stuff was just coming, you know, and... So I, I was looking for an opportunity to do that. And the other issue was what was going on with Newgrass is we were on a like a pop country label and they were spending a lot of money on us. And we all felt certain certain duty to like try and come up with something that would work in the format that you know our label was good at, which was country music. And honestly, this was not really the right place for us. But we were making records that I don't think they're bad records. That we weren't out there trying to push the edge musically. We were trying to find a version of us that could work on country music radio. And so for me, that was not why I joined the band for. That was not what I I wanted in life. And and maybe partly because at that time in country music, the banjo was the kiss of death. <laughs> you could play the fiddle on the country music. You could play the dobro on the country music. You could play the mandolin. They were all over the radio. Banjo, never. And so for me, I felt a little bit like I was a part of the problem, like um. The fact that I was in the band was actually holding the band back from having the success it needed if it was going to be a major label country act, which I don't really think anybody, anyone in the band actually really wanted. It just kind of felt like the thing to do, you know? If you came to our show, it wasn't like that. But when we made the records, we made them with drums and tried to come up with singles. And I wanted to go play in odd time meters and, like, jam for four hours and, <laughs> you know, break, you know, break the... Break the break the ceiling. I, I just wanted to do that. So there was a certain point when it became obvious. Actually, I, I wouldn't have had the nerve if the Flectones hadn't shown up in my life sort of one after another and the opportunity had, had come up. I wouldn't have made that jump without that level of collaborators sitting in the wings ready to go. We're talking with Bela Fleck. He's out touring to promote his new album, My Bluegrass Heart, and he's coming to our area with a band that features Sam Bush, Jerry Douglas, Stuart Duncan, Edgar Meyer, and Brian Sutton. Let me give folks uh, some of the shows they have coming up. Friday, December 10th, you're at the Cascade Theater in Reading. Saturday, December 11th, at the Silver Legacy Resort and Casino in Reno. Sunday, December 12th, UC Theater in Berkeley. And Monday, December 13th, at the Sunset Cultural Center in Carmel. So four opportunities to see Bela Fleck and this great band coming up very soon. Bela, we, we just think this is a great idea. You put all these folks together, and we want to thank you for that. Well, we're a bunch of happy guys out here together again, having, you know, having a time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if if you don't know anybody, any of these names, I'll tell you, you won't find any better musicians in the world. These are all people that, are, you know, are my, my peers, but they're my, my heroes, too, and dear friends. But um, for me, they're like the ultimate of their instrument, each of these people. And so I'm just thrilled to thrilled to have them playing, you know, a lot of my music, a lot of um, traditional stuff. We're going to hit some songs, some traditional stuff too. It's, it's a dream team. It's really fun. So th thanks for spreading the word about the album and the tour. That's Bela Fleck. We're going to join the party in a week. Uh, thanks for talking with us, my old friend. My pleasure. Good to hear you. That's our newscast for this Friday, December 3rd. We have Felton's full interview for you if you didn't get enough on tonight's newscast. In fact, if you ever miss a part of an interview or want to listen to something a second time that caught your interest, you can always listen to the full extended versions of our stories and interviews on our website at kvmr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. 
KVMR gets support from Nevada County, sharing Better Together Nevada County, working to end homelessness in our community. Offering landlords resources to be part of the solution. Information at bettertogethernevadacounty.org. And Briarpatch Food Co-op, helping prepare for the holidays with organic and locally grown produce, fresh baked goods, plant-based roasts, and humanely raised meat and poultry. Offering curbside pickup, 290 Sierra College Drive, Grass Valley. Briarpatch.coop. Stick around, we have the California Report magazine coming up at 6.30. Today's topic, housing. One of the most important things in all our lives, but something we may not dwell on if we don't face challenges to our living situation. On this episode of the California Report magazine, experiences with finding and keeping secure housing in California. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director, Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. May Krampus not haunt your dreams as he will now mine.